The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. There are certain symbols that have been used by most occult elites for millennia. Where do they come from? Why do they work? Who uses them? And why do they use them? The planet Saturn is known as the Dark Sun. Thus, the gut Saturn is characterized as being cold, dark, and evil. In ancient Rome, he was the most evil of the gods. Today, millions of people honor Saturn. He is the Hindu Brahma, the Wiccan Pan, the Zen Buddha, the Masonic Gotu, and the Gnostic Demiurge. Ultimately, Saturn is Satan. But in antiquity, he was a deified Noah. He is symbolized by the Megan David, the Black Cube, Santa Claus, and Saturday. The Sabbath is actually the worship of the planet Saturn, Satan. If you keep the Sabbath, then you are carrying on the ancient worship of Cronus, a pagan god. He is worshipped on Saturn's day, which today we call Saturday. The Saturn Death Cult is an investigation into ancient planetary upheavals that heralded the birth and destruction of a fabled golden age. It attempts to trace how, following the demise of this golden age, mankind then degenerated into the obsessive pursuit of wealth and power through the perverted horrors of slavery, child sacrifice, and mass murder rituals. We'll discuss the last great ice age, occult Saturnian symbolism, and the existence of a Saturn cult within the Italian Renaissance elite. Our guest poses a solution for why the planet Saturn is portrayed in mythology as our original sun, where it was said to be fixed in the heavens at Earth's celestial north, and from where it watched over the ancients like the all-seeing eye of God. He'll explain today's frightening sex-murder cults and secret societies that are nothing more than a twisted yet deadly legacy of a time when people yearned for the rebirth of the planet Saturn as our original sun and source of life and light. This is linked to the ancient practice of money lending and the consequences of this practice for today's international financial crisis. The conclusion is reached that there is a disturbing occult connection to the planet Saturn and its influence over a perceived worldwide collective march towards fulfilling a terrifying elitist agenda of quote-unquote justifiable global genocide. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, MMS, CBD pure hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it and click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Troy McLaughlin was born in South Africa in 1966 
and was raised in New Zealand from the age of seven. He received a BA degree from studies in Egyptology, medieval history, and Asian and American politics. He worked in the New Zealand television and music industry before moving to Hong Kong in 1993. He worked various media-related jobs, bar work, and traveled extensively in China and Southeast Asia for the next 15 years, currently living in Cambridgeshire, England. He's the author and co-author of three books dealing with aspects of the Electric Universe model and its subset Saturn theory, the Saturn Death Cult, the purple dawn of creation and cosmos in collision with Ted Holden. We'll be focusing on his latest work, titled The Saturn Death Cult, The Link Between Planetary Catastrophes, Ancient Mythology, and Occult Ritual. His website is saturndeathcult.com, and he joins us directly from Cambridgeshire, England. It's a pleasure to have Troy McLaughlin with us on Veritas. Hello, Troy, and thank you for being with us so late where you are. Oh, no, thank you very much for inviting me on, Mel. It's a pleasure to be with you all. My pleasure. Now, let's just begin, because this is such a topic that we've been discussing for a while, but no one has really focused on the actual death cult. Why is the planet Saturn portrayed in mythology as our original sun? Where is, where is it reported to have been fixed in the heavens at Earth's celestial north? Well, um, mythology... Uh, is where um, Saturn theory begins, which is this idea that the original sun um, that uh, Earth had was uh, the planet Saturn. And uh, it's very clear from uh, ancient mythology that uh, the ancients uh, had a very different sky uh, to the ones that, uh, so the skies that we see today in terms of the celestial bodies that were visible to them. And amongst the uh, gods that were most revered was the god Saturn that was clearly and uh, unequivocally uh, identified with the planet Saturn. And uh, virtually in all my um, interviews, Mel, I, I like to uh, quote from um, Bladu Cardona, who's one of the, uh, the big uh, researchers on Saturn theory uh, in the Electric Universe um, uh, you know, fraternity of uh, researchers that they have. And his... Um, his statement is that, quote, the evidence of myth which points to Saturn having once occupied a position above Earth's north polar regions is, is voluminous. There is not a race on Earth that has not preserved at least one account which states as much. According to this evidence, Saturn occupied a central position in the north. It rotated and rotated widely, but other than that, it was immov immovable. Now, of course, this is such a jarring concept to uh, the mainstream idea that the solar system was formed from an accretion disk. The planets are where they are because that's where they were formed uh, today, and they've been that way for at least five billion years. Uh, this concept of a um, of the idea of Saturn itself somehow being stacked above Earth in the celestial north, about where you see the pole star is so outrageous that uh, many of the academics uh, of the last 200 years and you know going back to the early 1800s and on through to uh, 1900 they contrived to uh, take mythology and uh, explain it as the saturn worship as the worship of the sun which sets uh, in the uh, west it rises in the east and it rotates around us and uh, they could not 
conceive of how they could confuse a planet which to the naked eye is a mere pinprick on the outside of the solar system as being this incredibly important uh, life-giving creative force, um, this original sun. But it's there uh, in all of the uh, mythological accounts, and it's not just simply Western mythology, it's world mythology. Comparative mythology shows that the Saturn archetype uh, that is the creative um, god force of uh, ancient times and identified with the planet Saturn. It's there in Japanese, Chinese, it's there in Hindu uh, myth, it's uh, it's there in uh, Mesoamerican myth, uh, very prominently in Mesoamerican uh, mythology, um, of course, in Western mythology. And, uh, and it's, it, it, there are even hints of it in the... In the uh, you know the creation accounts in the uh, major world religions, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, uh, have reference to uh, the kind of environment that uh, mythology told us uh, the the Earth was in uh, at, at some time in the past. That all, according to mythology, came to a very destructive end, and Saturn was banished to the outside of the solar system where it is today. And uh, uh, things settled down into this new world that we have. But that uh, cataclysmic um, end uh, to the reign of Saturn as uh, Earth's major uh, sun uh, was so odd at, with what scientists with the uniformitarian um, view of the Earth that the, that the um, clue to the past is what we see today. Uh, it's, it's so at odds with that uh, concept that they dismissed Virtually all references to Saturn has been references to the current sun that we have, but the uh, the differences are profound in mythology uh, as to you know the different uh, uh, which is which, and mythology is unequivocal that the planet Saturn was always uh, associated uh, with this first major sun that uh, bestowed a, a kind of a creative uh, beginning for the Earth in the Bible. That creative beginning is often referred, you know, I refer to it as the let there be light moment that uh, is famous in the, uh, the the book of Genesis. But there are very, very similar um, type stories with regard to Saturn in all other mythologies. And, uh, and nowhere uh, how you could, uh, as a scientist, uh, look at the mythological accounts of Saturn with its glorious rings and somehow confuse that. Uh, this immobile north-placed sun with its glorious rings, confuse that with today's sun, uh, is really just a testament to the idea that scientists simply reject what uh, the mythological record uh, gives us and, and refer to it as fanciful tales. Um, and what I should say, Mel, is that as a result of this, most people's association with mythology is exactly that, fantastical. It's almost like the fairy tale. Um, uh, you know, uh, of of the academic world, uh, the fairy tales that we read, and many people are introduced to this mythology through films, through um, television shows, and through popular books. And it is quite the distortion of mythology that has gone on in the last 150 years, because essentially these academics have tried to anthropomorphize to make a uh, the case for a a, um, a a narrative that is easy to understand in the human sense 
with what we've been given from mythology. But if you go back to the original mythological accounts, it's a madhouse. Um, it's almost impossible to understand. And here's the key, unless you consider that uh, mythology is actually the record of very natural events that took place in the celestial realms. Now, let's, uh, by the way, I want to discuss the let there be light quote from Genesis later, because mm -hmm. it has a lot of implications, but define it, the Saturn death cult. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I shouldn't laugh because it's a very serious topic as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, I'm often asked uh, by a lot of people who contact me, you know, is it some card carrying club of satanic cannibals? Um, you know, that it is not. Um, Saturn death cult is a term I used to describe a predatory culture uh, that is prevalent amongst the world's social, economic and that comes that has come out of a distortion of a, a, a distorted understanding of mythology. It's an occult culture that uh, uh, has developed over time due to this unfortunate distortion of the myth mythological record. Uh, and it's one that uh, believes that, and this is key uh, for many people to understand the connection I make between planetary catastrophism and it's linked to mythology and what we now have in the world today, because I'm a great believer that, you know, history should be able to inform you in your own life today and in what's going around you today. It shouldn't be just simply a look at, hey, that's what happened in the past. Great. Now we've got these problems to deal with. And so the idea here is um, it, it, it's, uh, it's a culture where uh, the people who are involved in it believe that whatever the creative force behind the universe might be, it is something that can be manipulated into favoring a select group of people at the expense of the greater population. Uh, the people that engage in this uh, kind of cultural distortion of mythology uh, through this understanding are usually people who, are, who have fully embraced the idea that power and its role in society is never a matter of exercising justice. It is simply a matter of having influence for one's own benefit. So for your audience, uh, a death cult is officially defined as a fringe group that glorifies or ob is obsessed with death. In my book, I take that definition a little bit further and identify, I identify it with a group or agenda that requires the pre-planned sacrifice and exploitation, uh, even as far as up to murder, um, of others so that that particular group can achieve its aims and objectives. So what's unique about uh, these groups and agendas, um, the Saturn Death Cult that I'm trying to expose in, in my book, Saturn Death Cult, is that these uh, groups are fundamentally tied to the specific belief and worship of an ancient creator god archetype, and that is the Saturn archetype, what we discussed with regards to this, uh, Saturn's role in mythology. The Saturn archetype, it's a universal mythological archetype. It's deeply embedded in the mythologies of virtually all races and people. And it is a god ar archetype that is capricious. It's highly authoritative and capable of being exploited by people as a symbol to express both good and evil. As I have said, it's, uh, it is an archetype that works on the collective consciousness of just about every nation, tribe, and people. And that is why symbols associated with this archetype are used in virtually all important authority. 
They end up being used as part of things like uh, the money we use, the national symbols that we um, recognize and adhere to, uh, major corporate logos, trademarks, and so on. So this satin death culture that I'm talking about, my argument is, is that it is a legacy of a school of occult thinking that appeals to and exploits the authority inherent in the satin archetype. Either as you know, they can do it as individuals, groups, or movements. Uh, but when they understand the power of this archetype, they exploit the creator God to furnish themselves with the sense of justification and appointing themselves as arbitrators and judges of what is right and wrong. We go back to Eve, uh, the, the original sin of Eve, for example, uh, there's quoted in the Bible that upon eating of the tree, she would uh, be like a God and know that which is right and uh, wrong, uh, good and evil and so on like that. What a lot of people don't understand about that is that she didn't come into consciousness of right and wrong. What she was claiming, which is essentially behind a lot of these esoteric traditions, is that uh like a god, humans can arrive at that particular uh, stage where they can determine what is right and wrong within creation, within the environment. And, uh, you know, this is what is used to uh, this, this. The Saturnian archetype allows these people to make exactly the same claims that uh, this supposedly justifies their monopolization of the Earth's resources, even the right to life itself. And it's usually done through the extort, you know, extorting control over institutions that define and regulate our laws, our weights and measures, our so- social habits, and, our, and even our abilities to think and reason. Uh, this is the uh, this is the nature of those who worship Saturn. It is that they believe they have the right to determine what is right and wrong for all of us. But it seems that based on what I read in your book, and, and we'll ask you the questions of. Where do they come from? Why do they work at these symbols? Who uses them? And why do they use them? But based on what I read, it seems that Earth was pretty peaceful back then with this purple haze or purple dawn. Uh, it seemed to be kind of a template uh, template uh, uh, seasons and, and weather and climate. Why do they use it in such a negative fashion? Well, um, I guess, you see, I, I wrote Satan Death Cult in the hope uh, that people can develop an understanding as to the origins of these you know, dangerous mythical archetypes, particularly the Saturn creator god archetype and how these archetypes have been are still used to manipulate people for political, economic benefit and select few. So if you read uh, you know, the book in its entirety, it, it basically introduces you to the occult concept of there being two so-called golden ages. And the one that we've mentioned when Saturn ruled as a sun in its own right before being dislodged by the doomsday event uh, occurred in the mythical past. But there is also this idea of a future one that will be brought about if certain agendas have their way. Um, so this Saturn death cult idea uh, that I've written about, it's an introduction to a highly controversial cosmological explanation involving these ancient planetary cataclysms, and particularly those involving Earth and the planet Saturn. Um, I think understanding these explanations demonstrates just how warped and distorted much of today's 
various occult and esoteric traditions have become, uh, particularly, you know, when they the way they use symbols and traditions that are based on good versus evil interpretations of our world. But you see, there are two golden ages inherent in the understanding of these occult and esoteric traditions. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.